This is the murderer you know. Welcome back. Yay. Welcome to episode 35. Is that all? Seems like a (laughs) hundred. We have discussed so many murders. It's true. We have. Yes, I believe that's correct. <laughs> okay. And I mean, technically, that means we've only discussed like 35? Not even because we do two episodes. Oh, that's true. So it hasn't even <laughs> been that many murders. I guess they're just so emotionally draining. <laughs> it's true. I forgot to ask you, though, Mom. Yes. At the beginning of episode 33... Uh I told you that it had been referred to as the most notorious crime that ever took place in our community. Yeah. But I never asked you again if you agreed with that assessment. You know, the weirdest thing about that is I actually have no memory of that crime. That is interesting. Yeah, because I remember the one, our, our first Romeo and Juliet. I remember that one very, very, very clearly. But some, what year did that one take place? Bonnie and Clyde, 92? Yes. Wow. Maybe I was obsessed about the Parkway murders. I don't know. Well, you were pregnant. No, you had just had a baby. That's true. So you might have been a little busy. You literally had a one-month-old. That is true. And I probably (laughs) was not filling my head with murders. The horrible world that you just brought that baby into. (laughs) Or the thought that one day this sweet little baby might grow up and club me in the head with a lead pipe. Have we already talked about the (laughs) fact that my sister was having baby fever because my goddaughter is like the angel of heaven? And I said, yeah, you could have a baby like this or you could have Jeffrey Dahmer. She did not like that. (laughs) Well, I think Jeffrey Dahmer was a stretch, but there, you know, it's, it's amazing that people are always afraid of strangers, somebody breaking into their house, somebody mugging them on the street. And you seriously have a bigger chance of being killed by your spouse, your parent, your children, your siblings than you ever have of being killed by a stranger. It's true. and Or a friend, yeah. So we'll throw friend in there too. That's why whenever there's a crime committed, the police always look first at the family. You know, Mm -hmm. if a wife is killed, hey, the husband is the number one suspect. And for good reason. Yeah, statistically at least, for good reason. Yes. Well, now that you know about and... (laughs) freshly remember from a couple like last week do you now feel like it's notorious do you not have an opinion yeah I mean it's it's horrific it's pretty horrific I'm constantly saying I shouldn't be quantifying these things but someone else quantified it so I just want to know how you feel about that quantification Yeah, I think up until probably the turn of the century, until the 2000s, it probably was the most horrific. But sadly, crime... they're really racking them up now. Yes, they're discussing them up. lately. <laughs> we we have a lot more. Um, what do you call it? material to get through? Yeah, due to recent events. Yeah, very strange. Mm. Well, speaking of, we don't normally ever cover sort of ripped from the headlines <laughs> but this week we are going to cover a case that's actively evolving right now hasn't gone to oh. court no one's been charged actually that just happened and we still don't really know what the fallout is going to be and i i love talking about the fallout so i'm a little torn about doing it this way but I do think that this case is very important to talk about and I think that everyone will see why okay well lead the way this is the story of an elementary school teacher and a student in her classroom the teacher was described as one of the best people on the planet, her parents as well, she and her family, all just apparently amazing people. She was actually a student 
in a school where this makes me feel old, but she was a student in a school where an acquaintance for me from high school was a teacher. So he knew her. Yeah, he knew her. I mean, he's a a couple years older than me, but nevertheless. Yeah. And there's another connection to our town because I told you her grandparents went to my church. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's right. She has also been described as selfless, caring, and a bright light for all who know her. She is known to be a dedicated and caring teacher. In 2016, she volunteered at an after-school program mostly comprised of children with intellectual disabilities from low-income or minority families, and that was when she was still in college working toward her degree. And then she graduated from college in 2020 and took a job in the school district where she was still working during the time of the crime. So golly, she graduated in 2020? Yeah. She hadn't been a teacher, but two years? Mm -hmm. This might have been her third year. And especially in 2020. I mean, that was during COVID. Mm -hmm. She was probably teaching virtually, I guess. So not much classroom. Not much classroom experience, maybe part of last year and then this year. Yeah. So the student who's going to be in this story, who was six at the time of the crime in January of this year, so just about two months ago, he, it just makes me so sad. He had a history of bad behavior that preceded him when he returned to school for his first grade year. He was known for cursing constantly, running around the playground and trying to whip fellow students with his belt, throwing furniture in the classroom. He was actually being moved to half days due to those behavioral issues, but his teacher was becoming increasingly frustrated as the school was really lagging behind and making plans to accommodate him appropriately. And she was concerned about him. She was also concerned about herself and her other students. And it was a very stressful situation for her to be in. And we'll touch on it a few more times, but she had been sharing her frustrations and concerns with friends and family members over the course of the school year. And probably with fellow teachers. The teachers at the school had a lot of concerns because the administrators seemed to be really nonchalant, at least in terms of disciplinary concerns, even serious ones, which really seemed to be the case with this kid and some of the other students. Students in other classrooms apparently struggled with similar behavioral issues that had gone unaddressed. One student, for example, hit their teacher with a chair so hard that her leg was completely bruised up with dark purple and green bruises. Another student pushed a pregnant teacher down two weeks before her due date and then kicked her in the stomach as hard as she could. And these are Elementary school kids. These are elementary school kids. Wow. Times have changed. And I don't know, I don't know if this is a normal thing that happens in elementary school or if there's just some sort of, I don't know. But I mean, we just saw in the news, interesting that we're covering this story. We just saw in the news about that other six-year-old who took a gun to school and his mom was charged with what, contributing to the recklessness of a minor or child endangerment or something? Some, yeah, some of those kinds of charges. I don't think that children taking guns to school has, like, never happened before. It's apparently very rare for a child of that age. Yeah. though. I just think that a lot of times kids don't really understand. They just think guns are cool, I guess, because watching TV or movies, and they just want to take it to school and show their friends and look what I got. I don't think most of them go with the intention of actually shooting somebody. But that that other kid that you just mentioned, whose parents were charged, he apparently said that he was taking the gun to school to shoot a little girl that he didn't like. God. And that uh, could have happened. That could have happened. Awful. It is. Well, the young teacher in our story, she had reached out to administrators for help, like I mentioned several times. And if you still aren't sure 
if his behavior seems all that bad. He also had a history of questionable interactions with some of his previous teachers, including this interaction, where he once wrote a note to a teacher in which he told her he hated her and wanted to set her on fire and watch her die. She took this letter to administrators who told her to drop it, apparently. So they didn't think that was like a red flag. I don't know what they thought. This story, to me, Uh, mom, honestly, just feels like it cannot even be real. But I I agree with you. I I mean, the details of it, which are part of the reason I really wanted to talk about it, even though it's happening right now, basically, are some of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and it happened right here where we live. A student at your school wrote a note that he wanted to murder his teacher and set her on fire. And you guys were just like, oh, he's a kindergartner. Stop being so worried. Drop it. (laughs) Where did he get the idea? Why didn't they think maybe somebody needs to talk to this kid? I don't know. That's why I said this just makes me so sad because I just feel like why wasn't anybody other than seemingly his teacher trying to get him any help? Mm. I mean, you know, again, as always, we're on the outside looking in. We really can't know exactly what was happening. We're sort of just hearing other people's version of events. And I'm sure there are partial truths and miscommunications in there. But I mean, another time he barricaded a teacher and her students into a classroom. In kindergarten, he attempted to strangle his teacher to the point that she apparently struggled to breathe. In early September 2022 was when they decided they would move him to half days for poor conduct. And on January 4th of this year, during his first grade class, he took his teacher's phone in frustration. Apparently it had something to do with his schedule and he smashed it onto the ground and broke it. According to teacher, this teacher. Yeah, this was January 4th of this year. Okay. According to text messages that the teacher sent to her friend, administrators at the school blamed her. Wow. Even with all of these other past behavioral concerns. I do have to say that I think being a teacher is you're like walking a tightrope these days. You're basically damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. I remember when I was in school, If you went home and handed in a note to your parents and said, oh, the principal wants to talk to you. I mean, you were (laughs) facing a death sentence from your parents. (laughs) Like, what the hell did you do? And then they would go in there and find out what you did and you would get punished. Now, if a teacher tries to talk to a parent about a discipline issue with their child, the parents become enraged and blame the teacher and go to the administration and scream and yell. There is no support for the teacher from parents. There isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a changed, it it's a changed world. It seems like it is that way, at least some of the time from talking to some of my friends who are teachers. On January 5th, So we are coming up to the time of the crime, January 4th, he smashed that phone. January 5th, he was actually out of school on a one-day suspension for breaking his teacher's phone. Mm. But then things really escalated on January 6th when he came back to school. So he was home one day and then he comes back to school. Yep. So we're going to go through a little bit of a timeline of what happened during that day according to the teacher herself according to other teachers and employees at the school and according to some students now again this is a little bit of a new one on us since this case has not gone to court yet there are no like i said charges haven't even been filed There are no transcripts or any of those other documents we usually work from. So these statements have been compiled from news articles, which we don't generally use a lot. And this has all been put together according to interviews with the different people I mentioned, teachers, friends, other students, text messages, emails, and those sorts of things. 
Right. And I will say that when the story first broke, as scary as it was, it took a while for these other bits and pieces to be released. The newspapers were like, oh my God, this kid strangled the teacher. This kid did this. I mean, the news was not forthcoming. They tried, but I guess the administration was trying to block all avenues to this story. Yeah. Let's have our daily timeline. Back to the day in question, January 6th. At 11 a.m., the student arrived to school with his mom, who spoke to a second grade teacher in the hallway while dropping her son off. Now, one thing that is important to mention is that prior to this day, the boy and his parents followed a special schedule where his parents attended class with him. But for some reason, which has not become clear yet at this time, at least not to the public. This was the first week where his parents did not attend school with him. How did they manage that? They didn't have jobs? I'm not sure. I don't know if they took turns, if they worked alternative Nights. schedules. Yeah, I'm not sure. So they had to come in and sit in class with this kid. Yes. At 11.05, lunch for kindergartners and first graders started. His first class of the day was lunch. Lunch, yeah. <laughs> I think okay. I read that he came in late, so it's possible he was supposed to be in a class earlier in the morning. But you did say he was only attending half days. Yeah, so that's maybe true. he did come in late every day. Yeah, maybe 11 was when he normally started because of those half days. Right. Between 11.15 and 11.30, so to be clear, this is during lunch and immediately after, his teacher went to the assistant principal's office to tell her that the student seemed more off than usual. He threatened to beat up a kindergartner. He was seen angrily staring down a security guard while in the lunchroom. Normal first grade stuff, I guess. <laughs> and that she was concerned about the violent mood he seemed to be in. Hmm. Meanwhile, just prior to that, in the lunchroom, a kindergarten girl, so that would be the kindergartner he threatened to beat up. For some reason, she'd always wanted to be friends with this kid, and she spotted him across the lunchroom and locked eyes on him in hopes of attracting his attention. Okay. He responded by coming over, sort of bucking at her, raising his fist, and threatening to punch her in the face. This is the kind of young girl who will end up writing to prisoners. <laughs> no. Well, she's obviously very, you know, empathetic and caring. Yes. She's a little babe. And she immediately ran for the closest staff member who simply gave him a verbal warning and told him you're not allowed to beat up fellow students. <laughs> very helpful. Wow. Yeah. At 11.45, another teacher was told that the six-year-old had a gun in his backpack. But we don't know who told him this. Or has that come out yet? I believe it was the little boy's teacher. She suspected he had a gun. I wonder why. They just said they heard around 11.45 that this kid, this six-year-old kid, might have a gun with them. Okay. Have they gone to recess yet? They go to recess at 12.30. Okay. So when he went out for recess at 12.30, this second teacher took it upon herself to search his book bag, but she didn't find anything. The boy's first grade teacher told her coworker that she was concerned that the boy might have the gun with him at recess. More specifically, she said, I saw him take something out of his book bag and put it in his pocket just before he went outside. I don't know what it was, but for whatever reason, she had this, she was worried. She had this feeling, she had this inkling. We don't really know why, but she thought he had a weapon with him. And she was telling, she was texting her friends, her family members, she was telling her coworkers. It was pretty rapidly becoming a whole thing. Mm. Okay. So teacher two, the one who searched the book bag, then apparently went to the assistant principal to express concern over the student. So this is the second time someone is talking to the assistant principal to express concern over the student, but was told that the boy, it's just, I feel like this can't be real. I, 
she was told something along the lines of the boy has small pockets. He's only six, basically implying that he wouldn't be able to fit a gun in his pocket. You know, if you read a story with this dialogue or saw something, you'd think, oh no, you have to do a rewrite. This is not believable. Yeah. But apparently, of course, like a lot of kids, he was wearing a hoodie with one of those pockets where Mm -hmm. you can put two hands in. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he was slipping a gun into his little pocket. He had it in his hoodie. So at 1259... The boy's teacher sent a frustrated and desperate text to a loved one, expressing her concern for the child and her frustration at the lack of response when she needed help from administrators at her school. At one o'clock, a student from the boy's class told a third teacher that the boy showed him a gun at recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. This well, student, a brave kid. I know. This little kid was so upset that the teacher of this other class let him stay in her class to calm down. She didn't make him go back to, because like I said, he was in the same classroom as the little boy who apparently had a gun. So she let him stay and calm down and feel safe in her classroom. And she also called the administrator's office, although it's not clear if the vice principal was directly notified this third time. Okay. This third teacher also told a fourth teacher who directly reported the concerns to the vice principal, who allegedly said there's not really a concern because the student's bag has already been searched and there was no gun in it. Around 1.15, a guidance counselor got involved and approached the vice principal and asked for permission to search the boy and his bag further, but the request was denied. The vice principal apparently told the guidance counselor it was unnecessary. Why, mom? Because the book bag had already been searched and it was close to the end of the day, so... Yes. What what could happen in an hour? Because his mom would be arriving soon. Yeah. What could happen in an hour? Hmm. So if you weren't counting or aren't good at counting or just lost (laughs) track, this is at least three direct reports from other faculty members to the face and ears of the vice principal in the same room as them that have gone unanswered. Right. At 1.59 p.m., our teacher was giving a lesson to her class and the six-year-old boy from our story, pulled a nine millimeter handgun from his hoodie pocket and shot his teacher in the middle of her lesson. The bullet went through her hand and struck her in the upper chest. Just horrifying. And during this time, which was about two and a half hours and three reports later of a six-year-old potentially having a gun. The assistant principal had elected not to call the police, not to put the school on lockdown, not to evacuate the school, or even for some reason to tell the principal what was allegedly going on. Right. Because during that whole two and a half hours, because he had three people, right. Because he was just a little six-year-old with small pockets who was going to be going home soon. And maybe most appallingly, although again, I I really shouldn't keep trying to quantify these things, this kid spent his entire recess around dozens of other kindergartners and first graders with his hands in his pocket that had a loaded gun. Yeah, he could have taken out six of his classmates. (sighs) Immediately after the shooting. According to surveillance footage, between 16 and 20 students who were in the classroom at the time of the shooting freaked out, as you would, and ran across the hall to seek shelter. At the same time, another faculty member ran into the classroom to restrain the six-year-old and continued holding him until officers arrived on scene. And the six-year-old was seen to be extremely combative and was hitting the employee who was restraining him and screaming and putting up a fight. Where was the gun at this point? Hopefully, obviously not in his hand. Yeah. Shot that person too. It was not explicitly stated where the gun was but he 
did not have it anymore. I don't know if it was on the floor, if the teacher grabbed it, but it seemed to have been away from his little hand. Well, also there was a report that the teacher who was shot heroically shepherded her children out Mm -hmm. while bleeding from a chest wound. Yep, she did. She made sure all of her other students were safe. She was even seen checking the hallway and turning when she got to the end of the hallway on surveillance camera to take one last peek, make sure everyone was out of harm's way before she went to the administrator's office to report what had happened. Oh my God, she's walking all over the school with a bullet in her chest. Yes. Oh, jeez. 2.04, so only five minutes after the shooting took place, the first officers arrived at the school. You had said something earlier about there being some kind of school security in the lunchroom. Yeah, that was just, that was, there was no other mention of that person. Of the security guard that he was staring down. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That would be an interesting follow-up if we ever hear any more Mm. about it. Because I think that was one of the things that, of course, erupted afterwards where people were saying, why aren't there police or security guards at our schools? Yeah. And of course, it all comes, oh, well, there's no money. Well, how much money are you going to have after these billion dollar lawsuits that are filed against <laughs> newborn why news for allowing this to they, happen? Why wouldn't they consider the safety of children to be worth spending some money on? Oh, hmm. that there's, seems to be a problem. There's, there's the million dollar question. Horrifying. It's like that other shooting that took place at that high school. And apparently they had metal detectors mm-hmm. that the kids were supposed to go through, but nobody was monitoring the metal detectors because it slowed things down too much as kids were rushing to get into oh. the school. So nobody's monitoring. People are just walking around the sides of the metal detectors and this kid carries a gun in and shoots two classmates. And you're thinking, good grief, you put the metal detectors in. So you thought miraculously that the guns would just be like magnets and go zoop and get it attached to the metal detector? You have to go the next step. Right. It boggles the mind. Yes. It completely boggles the mind. Absolutely. Well, the rest of the school during, you know, this five minutes while the kid is being restrained, police are arriving on scene, was in absolute chaos. After the shot was fired, a lockdown was finally announced over the loudspeaker. A third grader who was interviewed said that all of the students in her classroom were crying and scared and just absolutely horrified, and they hid under their teacher's desk. Two second grade classes, which shared a classroom, were left wandering around the hallway in search of a safe place to hide because there had never been any rehearsed safety drills in the school. And also concerning, their classroom did not have any doors at all. You're kidding. You're kidding. A teacher in this day and age. In this day and age. Well, speaking of speaking of we don't have money, we can't have someone monitoring our metal detectors. A teacher said that she asked for doors months and months and months ago and was told no, apparently citing the cost of those doors. (laughs) These so people the, should, everybody from, I don't know, the administration, the school board, everybody should be in jail. Like I said, this doesn't even seem like it could possibly be real. It doesn't. I, it doesn't. Have a fundraiser. Have a bake sale. <laughs> Buy some fucking doors. Do a safety drill. Do a safety drill. Yes. Yes. Anything is better than nothing, which is apparent, which I mean, like I said, I'm from the outside looking in. I don't want to sound like I'm a judgy asshole, but I am being a judgy asshole because these are children. These are children. Our most precious. They need to be safe. Precious commodity. The most precious thing in people's lives are their children. And it's not like bad things haven't happened in schools. Yeah. And we're under the mistaken thought that the schools are 
watching out for the kids and taking care of these things and having doors that can lock and having safety drills. I mean, goodness, I remember when I was in first grade, having to go out to the hallway and cover my head to protect myself from the incoming nuclear warhead. (laughs) And it seemed, it was very terrifying, but it seemed very unlikely that putting our hands over our heads was really going to save us. But we had the drill. We had the drill. Yeah, I don't think it would have protected you from the incoming nuclear warhead, but (laughs) at least they tried. They tried. They had a plan. I mean, well, these people didn't even have a plan. No. They didn't even have a door. No. Well, these teachers, Unbelievable. the second grade teachers, took their students through the school until they found a computer lab, which was unlocked. And they ushered all the kids in there and stayed in there with them for over an hour, trying to keep them calm and safe while they waited to hear if the lockdown was lifted to hear if it was safe. And after that hour, officers eventually were sweeping the school. They had taken the six-year-old to the hospital for a mental health exam. And after he was removed, they started going through, sweeping the building, and directing everyone to the gym to meet their parents. This took an hour? Wow. That is what the news is saying. Mm. Close to an hour, not quite, because it sounded like from what I read. Now, this is another obviously worried parents were showing up. This came out on the news pretty quickly. Actually, you were saying, I think, in the beginning that it wasn't clear what was going on. It didn't seem, but the news was talking about it, even if it wasn't clear what might have been going on. And parents who were very frustrated, having not heard anything from the school where their children went, And having to see on the news that there had been shots fired, were driving there and trying to get into the school to find their kids. Mm. And their worry was compounded by frustration because the school was absolutely silent, not reaching out, not giving them any indication of what was going on. And for some of them, their frustration turned to anger when they arrived at police roadblocks about a mile and a half from their children. Hundreds of parents got out of their cars and jogged, walked, ran the mile and a half to the school only to be held outside. By 2.45, parents were allowed to go into the gym and reunite with their kids. So when was the shooting? What time? Two o'clock, basically. So not quite an hour. Officers arrived on scene at 2.04. And by 2.45, parents were allowed into the gym. Well, that's not. That's about 40 minutes. Okay. That's not that bad. I mean, they did have to make sure that nothing else was going on. Yeah, I agree. I just can't imagine being. Oh, yeah outside of a school, not knowing if your kid is safe, not having any idea what's going on. I can't imagine how scary that would be. But I mean, the police, they have to make sure they can't just say, oh, it was just this one kid and everything's okay now. We'll let a bunch of parents in and then a bunch of other people pop out of closets or something. They do have to secure the scene. Yeah, I get it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine any of this. Just horrible. So that sort of wraps up what we know right now about the events that took place on the 6th. Hmm. In the coming days, school was canceled through January 30th, which was the start of the next semester. Between the 6th and the 30th, a couple of other things did happen. On January 19th and 20th, the school held emotional support services for students and their families. Hmm. Also during the three-week closure, metal detectors were installed at the school. Yeah, but remember, they don't have any money to have anybody monitor them. They're just going to put the metal detectors in. I hope that that's not that's I hope that that is not what happens I thought you were talking about another school well another school but actually in the same city right and well they already had the metal detectors that was a high school that's probably you know probably all the high schools have metal detectors but in all these meetings you know these council meetings and everything they said yeah they would put the metal detectors in but they couldn't have there was no money for resource officers or How or much police. is a metal detector? God, I don't know. Probably $5,000, $10,000? I don't know. 
I just feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe if money is a problem, there might be better options. No, I think, no, I think a metal detector is great, but if you don't have anybody standing next to it, what's the point? But the other thing the school came up with, and I don't know if it was just for this this school or every school in the city is that from now on the kids have to have clear yes. backpacks yes. clear backpacks that's literally like my next <laughs> <laughs> and i'm thinking well the school gave out clear book bags <laughs> on the 30th which was the first day back at school and every day after the 30th they were required to use the clear book bags moving forward yeah, well, that then they should also say no hoodies with big front pockets. Yeah. There are also police on campus on that first day back, the 30th. Yeah. For safety and security. On January 20th, now, to be clear, the teacher, she did survive. Thank God. She was originally in critical condition, according to press releases and statements from officers and her injuries were indicated to be life-threatening but she later stabilized and she is now healing at home although she does still have a bullet lodged inside her yeah they apparently can't get the bullet out so on the 20th which was the same day she was released from the hospital the six-year-old's family released a statement to the public Hmm. i'm going to read that statement in full are you ready I am ready. I want to hear this. Our heart goes out to our son's teacher and we pray for her healing in the aftermath of such an unimaginable tragedy as she selflessly served our son and the children in the school. She has worked diligently and compassionately to support our family as we sought the best education and learning environment for our son. We thank her for her courage, grace, and sacrifice. We grieve alongside all of the other teachers families, and administrators for how this horrific incident has impacted them, our community, and the nation. We have been cooperating with local and federal law enforcement to understand how this could have happened. We have found there are no easy answers or simple explanations, but we would like to share additional facts previously unknown to the public in hopes that they may ease the dissonance we are all grappling with and prevent something like this from happening again. Our family has always been committed to responsible gun ownership and keeping firearms out of the reach of children. The firearm our son accessed was secured. While our son's privacy interests are important, transparency in this matter is a valid community interest. Our son suffers from an acute disability and was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father attending school with him and accompanying him to class every day. Additionally, our son has benefited from an extensive community of care that also includes his grandparents working alongside us and other caregivers to assure his needs and accommodations are met. The week of the shooting was the first week when we were not in class with him. We will regret our absence on this day for the rest of our lives. Since this incident, our son has been under hospital care and receiving the treatment he needs. We thank our son's medical treatment team, as well as our family, friends, and all others who have offered support during this difficult time. We continue to pray for his teacher's full recovery and for her loved ones who are undoubtedly upset and concerned. At the same time, we love our son and are asking that you please include him and our family in your prayers. Well, the first thing I will say is they probably didn't write that letter. It sounds like something a lawyer helped them with. Uh-huh. And that is the one thing that has never been explained. They said the gun was secured. Yes. But they have never, ever explained how he got his hands on it. They Nor- said the gun not only was secured on a shelf which he could not reach in his parents bedroom in the closet they also said it had a magazine lock or a trigger lock on it yes there's still a question how did he get the gun and 
I, I feel very sorry for these people. I think they've obviously had a, a hard road with a child with obvious emotional issues. But it's interesting that in the recent case, the six-year-old who just took a gun to school and did not shoot anybody, right? that mother has already been charged. Yes. Already, like almost immediately. Right. And yet these parents have not. So you feel like there's something we, there's something they're not telling us. It's a different jurisdiction. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying I'm, I'm sure things are handled well, differently that's from true. place to place. I, yeah, I, I also thought that was very, very interesting when I sent you that article that the mom in that case had already been charged, even though her child didn't harm anyone. Yeah. I don't understand how you can just say, oh, well, my gun was up on a high shelf and he couldn't have gotten to it. You know, kids are kind of like monkeys. I think you could easily back up <laughs> chairs or, you know, whatever. How he figured out how to get the magazine lock undone, I don't know. But I just feel like we're owed some explanation. Though I guess they don't know and he's not talking. I am looking to see what comes out over the next couple of months and throughout the rest of the year. I think that it is a good point that was made in the statement that was released by, like you said, the family and their legal team. I think the community does need to know. Hundreds of kids went to this school. I think their parents deserve to know what happened, how this took place, why the school didn't take action. There are so many questions for these families who were impacted. There's the worst part of this. The kid got his hands on a gun. That's bad. But the fact that three or four times it was reported to administration that this child possibly had a gun and they were like, I mean, what world are they living in? Well, <laughs> there and, are school shootings. And the fact that it was three or four times that day, but it wasn't only that day. Yeah. Yeah. The warnings that day were specifically about a gun, but his teacher had been reaching out for the entire school year. As I said in the beginning, he had a reputation before he started in her class. Right. Other teachers were scared of him. Other students were scared of him. I I truly I truly have absolutely no words. I mean, I feel for this kid, I feel for his family. I obviously feel for all of the other children in the school, their families. I don't know what could It's easy to say if they had been more proactive in getting him a different class schedule, getting him a different learning plan, if they had listened to her concerns. But certainly, I think it seems very, very straightforward and clear cut to me that if they had taken more action on the day of the shooting, they would have found the gun. Right. And they could Definitely. have stopped this. Definitely. And if, you know, I, I think, you know, we try to mainstream all children now into regular classrooms, you know, not wanting to make them feel different. And there are a lot of pluses to that. But this child obviously had some deep, deep rage issues and had exhibited this so many times towards his teachers and other students. He should not have been in public school. I'm sorry, he shouldn't have been. You are certainly not the only person who feels that way. I don't have children. I've said that before. I don't really feel like I have any business weighing in, but there are many other parents and people in the community who certainly agree with you. Yeah. On that I mean, there are just some people that you, you just can't say, oh, la-di-da, you know, they'll be fine. No. They won't. It's sad to say, but some people aren't going to be fine. I remember one of your siblings was in school. I think this was around, golly, I'm trying to remember, third grade maybe? And there was this boy in her class who just teased her all the time. And I was very upset about it. And everybody was like, oh, boys tease. And, and I'm like, no, I, I want it to stop and I want something done about it. Well, they didn't do anything about it until he punched her. And then it was like, oh, 
oh, maybe he wasn't trying to flirt with her. Oh my God. Yeah. Let me die. Yeah. Maybe he has some issues and I'm like, and it took you that long. Mm. And luckily he just had a fist and not a gun, but yeah, I just, it's, it's very difficult. Like I say, I think teachers have to walk a tightrope and I think counselors are under the thumb to make sure everybody is happy and well-adjusted. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing about this, I'm assuming the assistant principal has been fired. Well, we've kind of gotten off of our, my, my little (laughs) January 6th to January 30th timeline a little bit, but but yes, to answer your question, because this was the next thing I have on my, my list here anyway. Yeah. On January 25th, the school system superintendent was voted off the board in a five to one vote. And the superintendent later said that he didn't think it was fair that he lost his job because obviously he wasn't at the school and he wasn't one of those people Uh who was told that the kid had a gun. But I guess the feeling was that he wasn't more proactive in protecting the school, protecting the students. Yeah, I mean, to me, but I'm not sure that's on him. Well, to me, it doesn't seem like something that just suddenly happened. Like all the people who were saying, I didn't know what was going on day of. There was a lot going on leading up to this day, it sounds like. Well, he probably would not certainly have been given details about one disruptive student. But when you think that there were other shootings in that city's schools, I and have there to were say, other students who were being violent and aggressive toward their teachers in right, this school. Right. I think that he was not proactive in saying, well, we've had some issues. Let's make sure we're protecting our kids. Let's make what sure we people do? have doors. Uh, yeah. How about let's make sure every classroom has a door, that the students and the teachers were in a safe place, in a safe school. Sorry, I buddy. Agree. And it doesn't seem like the other administrators potentially did enough surrounding these events. On that same day, the assistant principal I'm air quoting, resigned. I feel like was was allowed to resign is probably more Uh accurate. And the principal, although I know I said this earlier, the principal apparently didn't know anything about any of this for whatever reason, was reassigned to another job within the same school district. Yeah, I saw on TV her lawyer, she didn't appear on TV, but her lawyer appeared on TV and said that she did nothing wrong and she should not be punished because these incidents were not brought to her attention. But you have to ask, why weren't they brought to her attention? Why didn't the assistant principal feel like, oh, I should take this to the principal? Was the principal remote? Did she keep her door closed and say, don't bother me with your petty goings on? I'm not interested in handle it yourself. I think it's very, very curious that the principal never was informed in this entire day of these incidents. I think she must have been somebody that was very unapproachable. Yeah, I agree that I think it seems peculiar that the principal didn't know any of this was going on yeah yes very peculiar another place where I think I would like to see more information Mm -hmm. over the coming months or you know what business do I have knowing more but I think that the families deserve to know more about that yeah over the coming months if three or four times Teachers have come to the assistant principal and said, this kid has a gun. There's a big question why that was never taken to the principal. If just to keep I mean, remember, it was just a two and a half hour period of time. Yeah. (laughs) Two and a half hours is two and a half hours. Yeah. I I just maybe the obviously the assistant principal wasn't concerned for whatever reason being totally lackadaisical la-di-da not concerned over the course of two and a half hours it doesn't really surprise me that she didn't tell the principal regardless of what kind of person the principal is she didn't seem to take it seriously 
something very, very wrong with the administration in that school. A lot of people think there's something wrong with the administration in that school. And by January 30th, that same day that the school opened back up, the teacher, as well as several students' families, had launched lawsuits against the school. Mm -hmm. One family stated that their daughter, who was in the classroom at the time of the shooting, suffered emotional harm as a result. The parents also alleged that school officials failed to protect their daughter throughout the school year from bullying, harassment, and assault. A letter from another family's lawyer cited injuries sustained during the school shooting on January 6, 2023. Now, to be clear, no one was physically injured other than the teacher, but I'm sure the lawyer was referring to emotional injuries. There... Right. Think about the little kid who was threatened to be shot if he mm-hmm. talked on the playground. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even go back to class. He was so upset. I know. These poor little babies... Yet another legal notice filed by parents asked the school system to preserve potential evidence, including emails regarding any student who allegedly bullied, harassed, or assaulted their daughter. Mm. The legal notice from the lawyer representing the six-year-old's teacher laid out a massive amount of pretty damning evidence that the school could have prevented this and instead did nothing. Mind-boggling. Moving past January 30th, when the school reopened, by February 12th, the Uvalde Foundation for Kids revoked control of their HERO grant, which is to be used at the school from administrators, and instead granted control of that fund to the injured teacher based on Mm. the overwhelming evidence in support of her version of events. And obviously the investigation remains ongoing, but to this point, investigators have discovered that the gun was purchased legally by the child's mother. Representatives for the family said, and we did already touch on this, said it was kept in a closet on a high shelf with a gun lock on. It is not clear how the boy took the gun and slipped it into his backpack before school the morning of the crime. The child remains in custody at the hospital. They're working on things like compiling reports of behavioral issues from the school and working with child psychologists to get statements from the remaining students at the school. And for his parents, there is a chance they could be charged, although we've mentioned they have not been to this point. It's a class one misdemeanor in Virginia to leave a loaded, unsecured weapon in such a way that it could endanger a child under 14. And it's also unlawful for a person to unknowingly allow a child under the age of 12 to use a firearm. It's a misdemeanor? Yes. (sighs) But there could be legal action taken against the parents. And a lot of people, I mean, obviously this isn't really, but there has been chatter that they will also likely lose custody of their child. But I don't think he's ever going to be charged. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if that helps. Well, I mean, what do you charge a six-year-old with? Yeah. And from the stories we've covered on juveniles, it doesn't seem like these kids typically get the help that they need after being charged and going to these group homes. I don't know. I just, I would worry that he still wouldn't be able to get healthier. Maybe not. I don't know. It's sad and horrifying all all the way around. Yeah. I have some sprinkles, but they're also kind of sad and horrifying. Oh, great. Great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first K through 12 shooting in the U.S. in 2023. Mm. There were 60 such shootings in 2022, but school shootings perpetrated by someone so young are very rare. Going back to 1970, there have only been three others by someone younger than six. 
in in the year 2000, in 2011, and 2021. In the same Mm -hmm. time frame, 893 of the 2,476 school shootings that have taken place were carried out by minors as opposed to adults, faculty members. Well, minors, you mean like students at the school? They weren't necessarily students at the school, but they were children under the age of 18. Three shootings, which you have referenced a little bit a couple of times during this discussion, three shootings have occurred in this school district over the past 17 months, and the Education Association is pushing for change to ensure that teachers in these schools are heard and that their concerns are acknowledged. Experts say that a gun lock could have prevented this, although this is kind of unclear to me at this time since his parents are claiming that the gun had a gun lock on it. But there are programs like Project Child Safe that aim to prevent events like this from happening in the future, in part by working with law enforcement to distribute free gun locks to families that can't afford them. They can afford a gun, Well, they can't and afford also, a gun lock. And also to that point... I read a little bit of an interview with someone from Project Child Safe, and they were explaining that since 2005, federal legislation has actually required that all guns purchased come with a lock. Hmm. I mean, I guess that's if you purchase it from a dealer or a gun range, I guess if you get it from a friend or a family member, which of course is legal in Virginia, I guess that would be a situation where you might find yourself without one. Well, I think part of the problem is leaving a gun laying around is only a misdemeanor. I mean, if you have children in the house, the law should be that you have to have a a gun safe and your gun has to be in there. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of these programs and groups that I was looking into are pushing for things like that, that guns do have to be locked up. If there are children in the house, there are even groups pushing for things. I wish I had taken more notes down on this, pushing for things like if you have kids in your house, not only does your gun have to be locked up, but your gun and your ammunition have to be locked up separately in separate safes. So even if the kid gets into one or the other, they only have a gun without ammo or ammo without a gun. I mean, there are... Well, that that seems maybe a little, a little excessive, but... You know, because I don't think safes are probably... These sorts of things that we're talking about, I think, are called common sense gun laws. Yeah. And there are a lot of people pushing for these kinds of things. Well, you think of how many children have found a gun belonging to a parent and played around with it and killed a sibling, killed a friend. I think there was a case where a a three-year-old killed his mother. Yeah, there was. It's just nuts. That people don't seem to under, even adults don't seem to understand what guns can do. It is pretty nuts. It is. It's concerning. Yes. And I think it's not a casual thing. Right. And there's this magical thinking, I think, with children because they watch TV and people get shot, but it's just all pretend. So they probably think, oh, I'm going to shoot my friend and then we'll all laugh about it. No. Well, it's like we've talked about with several of our other cases that we've discussed. I don't think that this six-year-old could even really understand the concept of shooting or harming or killing someone. Well, I don't know. This six-year-old sounded like he was pretty much into harming I don't know. I don't think I don't know know that he wanted to kill someone. Didn't he actually write a letter saying I wanted to But that's what I'm saying. I don't think he could possibly conceptualize what that means. Could he? I don't know. I'm I'm not a psychiatrist. Maybe we need to find one for our follow-up episode. I know really to be a fly on the wall of the interviews in the hospital with this little boy. I just I would love to be able to, but I feel like there probably is no understanding it. I was going to say, I would love to be able to understand no, I don't, how I don't think a, the is. mind of this six-year-old worked and what he could and couldn't understand about the things he was saying and doing. But I just feel like there probably is no understanding. No, I mean, he he obviously has 
some issues. That's all we can say. He's not wired the same way as most people. Yeah. There's something missing there. He obviously has rage issues. I don't well, know what else to say. We are thinking of Abigail, his teacher. I hope yes. that she continues her journey to health. I hope that her lawyer is able to help her find some peace. Mm. I hope that she doesn't lose her love for shaping the future and guiding children and teaching and caring for them. I don't know how you wouldn't, but I'm thinking about everyone who was involved in this and I'm thinking about the parents and family members that are still waiting for answers. And I, I hope over the coming months, all of those things start to come to fruition. There's absolutely no undoing what has happened, obviously, at this point, but hopefully something can come of it some safety for these kids, some security for these kids, some answers for these people who were involved. Yeah, I hope that the teacher, the other teachers, and especially the children who had to witness this, you hope they're able to get past it and to go on and enjoy life and become productive citizens. I don't know. I don't know what the long-term effects of that kind of stuff are. I hope she's able to return to the classroom and, you know, love on the good kids. Yeah. And I just feel sad. I mean, this isn't, hasn't been in some ways, I can't stop quantifying. I've got to stop. In some ways, this <laughs> hasn't been in the same way as horrible as some of the other things we've talked about, but I can't figure out where we go to end this episode from here. So <laughs> let's read a review from one of our lovely, lovely <laughs> angel baby listeners <laughs> to yes. get our minds off it okay. for now, at least, because I've been thinking about this constantly mm. since it happened. Okay. King Meredith. King Meredith. This is what you said about us, girl. <laughs> a great podcast with two really funny hosts this was before you mom <laughs> oh darn <laughs> with three really funny hosts let's now with three <laughs> correction i feel like i'm chatting with them on speaker because they're so warm and welcoming i love the different approach to true crime and how it focuses on people in your everyday life rather than huge celebrity murderers she she air quoted celebrity <laughs> so cool excited for new episodes oh great great King meredith girl and you I know love I, you i agree thanks because... for cheering us up <laughs> when i listen to the, the podcast later i feel like yeah i'm just listening to friends chat and i'm about <laughs> to jump in again with something brilliant to say <laughs> <laughs> But then I hear myself and I'm like, oh, I already said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you already said the brilliant thing. I usually think of the brilliant thing I want to say when it's too late. Oh, isn't that the truth? Uh. <laughs> I always think life, if we could hit a rewind button, yeet, when somebody says something that really upsets us and two hours later, we're like, <gasps> I should have said. I should have said that. <laughs> Could have really got that son of a bitch. Yeah. Hit that rewind button. Life needs a rewind button. It does. If you guys want to cheer us up at the end of an episode, like our best friend, King Meredith, who we adore, <laughs> you can leave us a review, a written review. You can reach out, send us a nice note. If you like the show, share it with your friends and check us out on social media. We just did a giveaway. We gave away one of our cool new sweatshirts, kindly and lovingly purchased for me for my birthday <laughs> by my husband. I'm so we get... bummed. I thought Why? I'd win it. <laughs> I don't think you entered correctly, mom. Oh, that must be the problem. <laughs> But we're going to do another giveaway, the really cool piece of art by Ooh. the artist who did our logo when wow. we get to a thousand followers. So like I said, tell everyone, you know, we'd love to have you with us each week. 
and all your friends and all your family members, your enemies, enemies are cool too. <laughs> we don't mind. All right, mom. Oh God, I'm, I'm stuck with something brilliant to say again. You said you <laughs> that all of your brilliant things ended up in the podcast. So yeah, I thought these brilliant things just came naturally to you. Yes, listen, listen to us and laugh and cry along with us. Oh, cry. Probably mostly cry. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, TTFN. Ta-ta for now. See you next week. Lilas. You know what that is? Lilas? <laughs> is it something spelled <laughs> backwards? <laughs> Judging by the age range of most of our listeners, I feel like everyone is screaming at you through <laughs> their listening device right now. Okay, guys. I mean, I could say things that y'all wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, girl. What's a farewell from your time? Oh, a farewell? Um, yeah, Lilas, love you like a sister. I don't know. Did we have one? Like, later, dude. I, I just <laughs> don't know. <laughs> later, dude. No, I'll have to go back and, and research hippie speak. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like you know the response to this one because this was a book when I was a child. Ah. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. Good job. <laughs> Boy. Okay. Bye.